Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of New York City. Craig and Carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster. This is Crosstown Cardboard. Welcome to episode 13 of Crosstown Cardboard with me at Carmine's Cards, the sports and news broadcaster, and Craig, across town from me in the heart of New York City, the teacher of math, the coach of soccer. And today, Craig, we're talking about, since you just drove for the first time in quite a while, the word vehicle was in your head. And you're an eloquent guy, first of all. So our title for today is Cards as the Vehicle for Personal Connections. And I knew we wanted to talk about this topic because I loved your recent Instagram post. It inspired my Instagram post about the connections that we've made through cards this year and strengthened through cards this year. And so, I mean, of course, before we get into all that, we want to ask people, if you're watching on YouTube, to like and subscribe. Hit that bell notification so you don't miss anything. Of course, we come out every Wednesday, so it's not really going to be a surprise. Or if you're listening on any podcast platform, if you could give us a five-star rating and uh, subscribe to the podcast, like it, whatever it is that they ask you to do these days. Give us a review. A review. A review. A well-worded review. Yes, and sometimes you could give us a little razzing, a little critique, and a little feedback in the review. We're kind of tough. We can take it. We're New Yorkers. So, Craig, before we jump into our topic of cards as the vehicle for personal connections, you're ready to go. And I wanted to ask, how are you doing on this weekday that you just went back to school after Christmas break? We're back. Back to the grind. My students, as I said, were terrible today. So, uh, (laughs) But I don't blame them, really. Right, we're reviewing for the exam. It's the middle of winter. We just came back from break, but right now we're here to shut off from that and talk cards. And the vehicle you spoke of, uh, I was in Orlando, Florida, and I was driving my grandma around, and we had just gotten done with the bank, and I noticed there was a comic book store in the shopping center. So I thought comic books, cards. So I'm like, hey, grandma, you know, reluctantly asking in fear that she would yell at me about doing something wrong. Hey, grandma, do you mind if we stop at the comic book store? We might have cards there. And my grandma said, sure, it's for your business. So why not? And I'm like, grandma, that was so sweet of you. Um, sadly, <laughs> the comic book store did not have any cards. But for the brief second where there was hope, it was a good time. And I'm gra- glad that my grandma's on board with my uh, love for trading cards. That's great. And as long as it's for your business. So if it was for personal like recreation, she wouldn't have been as excited? Per her verbiage, I guess so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, grandma's concerned about money. I mean, she was concerned about your business. You were coming from the bank. I mean, she's she's made it this far for a reason. She's supporting. <laughs> but um, no, I feel good. Uh, it's a brand new year. Um, already started off the year with a few pickups. But to your point about the Instagram post I made at the end of the year, kind of just highlighting the people that I met in this hobby throughout the year. Um, it's cool because I think about the word hobby and it's in its essence something you like to do, right? Some people like knitting. Some people like crocheting. People nowadays love pickleball. Right. And it's, it's something you enjoy doing. It's a hobby and you connect with others who enjoy that same hobby. So I think the theme of this episode was not only talking about some of the connections that we've made through cards and friendships that we've made through cards, 
but even some relationships that already existed in uh, disregarding cards that have just been strengthened by the addition and the conversation around sports cards. So we're going to talk about some few examples. I think today is going to be a storytelling episode for sure, but we're going to try not to lose focus of what's at hand. And that is the cards. Right. So I think you, I, first of all, I was flattered to be included in your year end card post because, you know, we've started the, we started our friendship really this year with our first deal and our only deal which I hope is not the last of our deals because you have some nice Greek freak cards that, uh, and some Nick stuff, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're not too far off in our collecting styles. Maybe we can reignite eventually. That would be something in to work time. out a deal on in the podcast. Well, oh, I like that. Yeah. We never want to force it. So how did you choose these people, which I was lucky to be a part of this group that you included in the Instagram post that you made? I think it was just a, a number of people that I had met in person through shows through Instagram and some local. I mean, here's one example. So uh, a good friend of mine, John, he's the dunk three collector on Instagram. He is the biggest John Starks collector in the world. I'll put him up against anyone. And um, he's someone I met. Uh, there was a thrift store in Queens. This was roughly a year old called Gotham Thrift. And they put something out on social media like, hey, we just got a whole shipment of trading cards in. Um, come by $5 per card, game use and autographs for $8 a card. And on the first day of the opening, it was like their first card drop. There was a group of about 15 or 20 of us, like true card geeks. And we just had a field day. I mean, we're talking 90s inserts. We're talking early 2000 stuff. I remember getting like a 2012 first year Prism, Bill Russell, Silver. Uh, a, wow. lot of cool, a lot of cool Kobe Bryant cards and just congregating around these random boxes of cards at a thrift store in Queens. I met my buddy, Joe. Joe's become a good friend of mine. Like, you know, I've met his fiance before and he is the John Starks collector. So now every time I see a John Starks card, I think got to reach out to my buddy, Joe, to see if he has it or not. Um, I FaceTime and I'm numerous, numerous occasions. When I found a John Stocks autograph, he's like, yeah, I have that one already. But I finally got him earlier this year, and I came across a card he didn't already have. So I was glad to get that for him. So shout out to Joe, the biggest John Stocks card collector in the world. That's awesome. And I love that it was uh, also an in-person connection because I have, you know, being in Southern Oregon now, sometimes I wish I was back in Westchester County, New York, where I was born and raised because you have a lot more opportunities over there in the crowded Northeast, although it is, you know, stressful, it's go, go, go. There's a lot more people, but you have those chances to just like randomly spark up more connections that, you know, it's a little bit tougher over here to do. And I don't know if Joe will want to hear this story, but I was once in a shooting contest with John Starks oh. at, Austin, at Austin and high school and John Starks. And I didn't know you were going to bring up John Starks. He, actually duped me in this competition so i was out there in eighth grade i was a good i was a very good eighth grade player and a decent high school player two-year starter and now i'm a pretty good city league player here in medford that's all i'll say about my talent so i went to a three-point shooting contest and the whole thing was meet the knicks cheerleaders at austin high school and shoot against john starks so I was out there. There was a decent crowd in eighth grade. Two threes 
from four different positions around the three-point line. I end up going six for eight. Then it's John Starks' turn to shoot against me. And I'm thinking six for eight, that's pretty good. You know, 75%. Good also math. a great wait, wait, also wait, let me great, Thank you. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Marv Albert says yes. Good math. Really proud. Continue. Also great number to buy uh, cards at, 75% of comps. So six for eight. John Starks is going up against me. I'm like, I got him. I definitely got him. He misses the first two. Then guess what he what he does? Instead of taking his L, which, you know, if he missed one more three, he would have taken. John right. Starks restarts. Restarts the shooting contest. He ends up going seven for eight after being locked in. And, of course, you know, he's one of the best shooters in Knicks history, except for when we really needed him, unfortunately, in that game seven of the NBA Finals. But anyway, John Starks ended up beating me after restarting. So I'm sure that won't influence Joe's collecting. I still love your story, but I needed to get that off my chest as far as a little sore spot I have for Mr. Stark. Thank you for sharing. That was very brave of you. The coolest, there were two John Starks. <laughs> there was a really cool John Starks card I got. It was a laundry tag from National Treasures from like 2000. Oh. Autograph, piece of the laundry tag, like the four from the laundry tag, the size, numbered out of five. I was able to get that into Joe's hands. But um, wow. another Crosstown cardboard connection type story um, in 2009, I've been, you know, I've been collecting cards forever. 2009, I used to go to all the local shows on Long Island, but I played in a, a tournament called the Maccabee Games, which in a sense is basically the Jewish Junior Olympics. And I okay. represented Suffolk County, New York, and I was on the Suffolk County soccer team. And that year, Suffolk County also had a basketball team. And there was a guy on that team, his name's Ray. And I kind of crossed paths with him back in 2009 because we were both on the part of the Suffolk County network. He played basketball. I played soccer. Um, they won the gold medal that year, the basketball team. And if you go on YouTube and you search up 2009 Suffolk wins at the buzzer, that was when they won the gold medal. Ray was on that team. I'm cheering somewhere in the background. Fast forward to 2020, 2021. So 11 years after Suffolk won at the buzzer, mm -hmm. I'm walking around one of uh, John from behind the diamond shows nice. in Hicksville. And there he is set up in a showcase selling cards. Ray, gold winner, gold medal winner from the Suffolk County basketball team back in 2009. So here's someone that I already knew from 12 years ago. We were part of the same organization. He played basketball. I played soccer. Fast forward to today. We're both card collectors. He sets up at John's show. I've set up there several times and we kind of talk regularly. So there's an example of how cards strengthened a relationship that kind of already pre-existed. Did you guys talk about the Maccabee games shining moment when you saw him? Oh, of course. Suffolk wins at the buzzer and he is ISO sports cards on Instagram. So shout out to Ray. Wow. So how do you explain something like that? Craig, or is there an explanation for the two connections? And I'll get into a few of mine in a little bit here, but because yours are kind of kind of crazy and unpredictable, how do you explain something like that? You know, or is or is there an explanation? I think that's kind of the beauty of New York City is that there's all these connections in this small, highly populated city, but also just putting yourself out there. 
our good friend Rob, the sports card therapist, our first guest on the show, he always talks about how participation is required. And participation goes beyond social media. Setting up at shows, going to trade nights, any chance you get. And again, way easier said than done for me being in an area with so many shows. But just putting yourself out there, talking to people, meeting people, you just never know what kind of connections you might create. And how do you put yourself out there? I mean, it's one thing to like to say, put yourself out there, try to meet people. But it's a little bit intimidating at the beginning, at least I found, you know, rediscovering the hobby after 15 years off, you know, from late childhood to early 20s adulthood coming back in and, you know, not being as much of an expert during that period as a lot of other people would be what's a way to to put yourself out there or like force yourself to kind of take that step into the uncomfortable zone to make those cardboard connections that we're talking about don't do it alone i find so i'm gonna throw another connection out there another one of my new york city connections and bear with me but my wife's First cousin's physical therapist's son. I I give private soccer coaching lessons too. And after about a year or so, like I kind of talked about cards a little bit. He's a sports fan. And fast forward to today, and he's he's only like 13. He's present on Instagram. He's got over 500 followers. He sells on whatnot, buy, sell, trade, and he he started at a pretty young age and that was just kind of for me very slowly introducing it to him but i say all that to say he didn't start on his own him and a friend of his they had a little sports card business that they would do at school in eighth grade where one of the kids i won't reveal their names um would get the clients and the kid uh, that i still coach to today <laughs> would sell the cards and they'd cut a little percentage it's unbelievable wow eighth graders um I love how you're calling them eighth grade clients also <laughs> well, to each other. I don't buy from them, but uh, right. Zach, Zach is the one that I still coach. And I kind of, I guess you could say hobby mentor a little bit. And he is the hooded collector on Instagram. So shout out to you, Zach, who he's kind of operating on his own now, but he started off doing it with a friend to kind of get your comfort and get your uh, feet off the ground. Okay. So almost like a hobby wingman in a way. Yeah. A wolf pack, if you will. A wolf pack. Okay. That's definitely one of the one of the uh vehicles that has helped drive our personal connections. Because, you know, we've actually become friends with people. I think it's and it's a way that sports has helped a lot of our connections too. I mean, my close friend group of six guys to this day, we all played high school basketball together. And uh and so it's just a great way to build those connections. So let me share one real quick of my most recent Instagram post. And if you've been following the show, first of all, thanks for listening for now 13 episodes. And you might know that I started my JJ Reddick PC recently. And so all I did was I made one Instagram post. I've talked about it a few times on our podcast. And... <clears throat> All of a sudden, I got three different Christmas gifts from three hobby buddies on Instagram. Love that. All JJ Reddit cards. I talked about a couple already on the show. 
my uh, optic gold JJ Reddick in the bubble, numbered one out of ten. Uh, that one was from our boy Cards underscore by Joe. Cards underscore by underscore Joe. Don't forget the underscores. You got to underscore those. The other one here that I've talked about is from at PJ's Cards, the Duke Immaculate Auto, numbered out of 49. So we got a Pelicans uniform gold, a Duke Auto. And then the last one from our boy Alec at primetimecards.lv is a 76ers. He's a faithful listener. And uh, it's the Cracked Ice season ticket contenders numbered out of 25. JJ Reddick on the Sixers. Shout out to our boys, Cousin Oz and Tony. Nice. I'm going to The Cracked Ice contenders parallel is a nice one. The soccer cards, like the messy cracked ice out of 23, gets a lot of love. That card's crazy. Um, I like those JJ Reddit cards. I'm going to maybe take a picture and text it to him, and maybe this time he'll text me back. We need to get JJ on the podcast. How about, I mean, you know, it was exciting to get Rob on the podcast, Uncle Rob, as I, uh, you know, I, I neglected to mention his nickname last time, and you, you, you came out and uh, made sure I knew about it. How crazy would it be to get JJ on the podcast? Because that's one of the reasons I've become such a big fan of him. Not only his incredible playing days at Duke, 28 points a game, setting all these records, threes, his 15-year NBA career, and his, you know, old man in the three podcast that I'm a faithful listener to, which comes out once a week just like ours. What, what What are the chances? What are the chances, Craig? Can you pull some strings? No, thank you. I just want true card collectors on here. Oh my gosh! What it was? So what it, JJ was like? Yeah, I'd love to come on the podcast if you ever ran into him again, and you would tell him, "Sorry, man, we just can't." <laughs> Sorry, you're not a true collector. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would but, be a story uh, in itself. No, that's great. And you know, the gifts that everyone sent you. We talk about you know this is all about creating connections through cards, and I can guarantee, not if, but when you meet Joe in person, you meet Alec in person. That's just going to be a buddy. That's just going to someone you dap up, talk like you've been friends for a while. And it's like cards have already built and cultivated these relationships and friendships so much so that we're sending gifts. What a nice yeah, gesture. Isn't that crazy? Like people you don't even know. Like me and Alec are already excited about meeting in Burbank uh, mid-February, which I'll be set up at for four days. Oh, let's go. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, bro. And so I've never met him. You know, you've never met him. And yet he's such a big fan of the show. He messages us all the time. We talk about different cards and sporting events going on. And, you know, this is like real money or real cards or however these three guys got these cards that they're just offering up to somebody who they don't know as a gift that I got these three JJ Reddit cards from three different people on Instagram who I've never met. But because the cards are a vehicle for these personal connections, it's just crazy that you can send a gesture of kindness thought, care, and encouraging your hobby development and get those three gifts from people you don't even know. It's like, wow, this is really something special. It's it's just another reminder of why this hobby is so great. It's so unique. It really offers a little bit of everything. Um, the value of human capital, yes. as my good buddy Sam, the sports card collector, always says. 
um, even just this summer, I was uh, I was working at a soccer camp in the city at um, a college here. I won't reveal the name, but the woman's head coach of that college, um, you know, I worked under her and then the men's coach, her son was a camper. And one day her son brings in a, a binder of soccer cards. This kid's like seven, eight years old. I'm like, I can't believe this. My boss who runs the camp, her son is a collector. And then next thing you know, the very next day, I got some soccer cards for the kid. And here I am exchanging and trading and talking soccer cards with this eight-year-old whose mother is the coach at the college that I'm working at. Pretty cool. Again, the connections strengthened through cards. And I don't know that that's great. And I, I sometimes, you know, when I'm talking about the hobby and with us, it's kind of like a, a second language, but for other people, you know, you don't really know anything about the sports card hobby. So you kind of explaining it from the ground up. And so when I talk to some people about, Oh, you have a sports card podcast, sports card, Instagram, you met so many friends through sports cards. You're going to a show, you're traveling because of this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, initially it's kind of like a nerdy thing for the most part or a self-deprecating like, yeah, I collect cards. Of course I'm proud of it, but for them, I'm trying to like ingratiate them into understanding where I'm coming from. And I'm like, yeah, it's one of the few things where you can connect with people from seven to 70 and everybody's hanging out in the same spot. There's not too many things I can think of maybe like bowling or maybe pickleball, pickleball, but, but really not that many hobbies where you get people in authentically enjoying things with the nostalgia, the fun factor, the cool factor, and then getting to form those personal connections, which is the second layer of what we're talking about, these cards as a vehicle to the personal connections. And all of a sudden you're like, you feel comfortable with and friends with these people from all different age groups using those cards as a vehicle to get there. Yeah. And you know, it's still not the hobby and being like active in the card community. My, my good friends, they obviously know about it. And I enjoy when you talk to people within your network, you like kind of slowly and delicately bring up that you collect cards. You know, you don't just walk into the room like, Hey everyone, I'm a card collector. You know, you kind of have these <laughs> conversations and you work into it. It's not something I publicize on like my public profile, like social media, but um, for the people I do bring it up with, there always seems to be connection or an interest. You know, I was um, down in Maryland for a soccer tournament uh, coaching my, I coach a girl's 13 year old team and we were at dinner one night with the parents and I was talking to one of the parents of the girls I coach and I don't know how I brought it up. Maybe after a couple glasses of wine, perhaps, but started talking about cards and being a collector and, you know, he's 15 years older than me. So I showed him my profile. He's like, no way. Me and my cousins when I was a senior in high school, we used to go around buying these boxes of cards and we knew which packs had the good cards in them and we would open them and it was our hustle. We were making so much money, like hustling, selling cards. And I, I've known this guy for a couple of years and I have no idea that when he was a senior in high school, he was doing his hustle and he was selling cards. So once again, a relationship I already had with someone strengthened by the hobby and by our participation in collecting cards. That's awesome. And I think, you know, as we keep kind of figuring this out with each other as we go and the, 
the importance of the connections and how they how how sports cards are such a unique vehicle to make those personal connections. I think the innocence factor has a lot to do with it and the the fact that a lot of us did it as kids. Because when you have that that factor of, oh, we did this back in the day when we were youngsters and we didn't have these stresses of adulthood and it was just an innocent thing we did that didn't involve, you know, girls or didn't involve drinking or didn't involve, you know, any vice type of activities or anything like that. It, it just seems like that those two factors, as I'm just making this up on the fly, are two of the big things that set sports cards apart are the innocence of it. Just like, you know, looking at these athletes who we admired so much as former athletes ourselves at the D3 college level, which we're proud of me with golf, you with soccer and just idolizing these guys like, Oh man, would love to be like that guy one day. So the innocence of that. And then the, you know, back in the day when this was our main thing to think about, or we didn't have those life stressors. What do you, do you, do you feel like that's onto something or do you feel like that's where, where do you yeah. land on that? That's why I love seeing kids who collect. You know, there when, when we take the the soccer bus to practice, there are a handful of kids who collect. And one kid was showing me his binder. And I kind of feel bad because I showed him like here I have this Instagram page for my cars, and I'm not like my collection's not crazy, but you know how you always say like there's always someone higher than you in terms of collecting. You know, I look at these high end collections, I'm like, damn, I have a ways to go. But this kid's looking at my collection, and I think he literally said. I'm never going to get there. Like, how am I going to get that collection? So all I could do is tell him like, listen, I was your age once. Just mm -hmm. make sure first and foremost, you're having fun. And little by little, keep collecting what you like and you'll learn and you'll, and you'll pick up some stuff along the way. So you were being a teacher even during your off time. Try, I was trying to be a good mentor, you know, with my card club, these connections I'm building is showing kids the hobby and introducing them. But Let's not forget the youngins who enjoy this hobby as an escape, uh, encouraging them. And that's why, and I know you're great at it. You always work with the kids who are at the shows. You're building connections and experiences for them they're going to remember. And you know what's what I really like, too, about, and we talked about this. You really put it in a passionate and great way when you were talking about the importance of treating kids with respect and enthusiasm toward their collections at shows and, like, how much of an imprint you were talking about that made from the guys who treated you well. And, and that was burned into your memory as far as the encouragement, the support, the care and yeah. the motivation. Seymour. Shout out to Seymour, ANS sports guards in Westbury on Long Island. And then you talked about the dealers you remember who didn't give you the time of day and didn't, you know, even though they might've not thought your card was worth much or didn't have any interest in it at least said, Hey, that's cool. You know, it's not for me, but that's really cool. And, and keep going and encouraging you. And you even talked about, you know, talk about a personal connection. And this was a long road for this card vehicle to travel down. But you talked about the guy who you met as a kid at a card show as a dealer. And then you showed up to the sleepy hollow Terrytown card show. And you saw him there now as a 30 year old adult. Yes. And I plan on, I'll be at that show Sunday, January 15th. I have no doubt he'll be set up and I can't wait to say every time I see him, Hey Chuck, remember me. 
Remember me? I have a, it's a fun way to like jog your memory also from childhood. Yeah, that's true too. And I like that you can not only, you know, have a connection with a kid too and encourage them in the hobby, but also negotiate with them. And the respect that you can see that they feel coming from you, an adult who's taking the time to actually think that they're smart enough to negotiate with them, because just inherently by you entering a negotiation with a kid you're they're not going in there thinking that you're on an equal playing field but then you negotiate with them and i'm not saying rip them off but i'm saying you know you know just to get a fair deal for both and you give them the benefit of the doubt of course if it's if it's close to even you want to you know tie goes to the kid but the and 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 this showed up in the san francisco card show vlog with the trey young twins that is also on our Crosstown Cardboard YouTube. The respect that they feel and the time that they want to spend there because you're an adult negotiating with a 10-year-old, 12-year-old kid or whatever, treating them as if they're on an equal intelligence playing field for you to, to be giving them that time of day, to instill that self-confidence that they can be in the arena with you talking like that is a really cool opportunity to have. Yeah. You're building life skills. You're building confidence. And, you know, we were struggling thinking of a topic for this episode. And in hearing what we both have to say here, I think when you hear people talk about sports card content, they always say, is this like investor content or is this more like collector content? But I think what we covered here and something that I think like Cousins Collectibles does a really good job at as well is we really highlighted the value of human capital and the relationships within the hobby as well. So let's not disregard and and forget about that as an important element as to why we do all of this. No, that's huge. And that's one of the biggest things that I feel like hopefully we've been emphasizing throughout our 12 previous episodes of the podcast too, just like, you know, the human connections that you can make, the friends you make. I mean, what are we going to take with us? You know, when we're, when, when you're looking back on your year end reflection and my girlfriend had me write out some goals for this next year. I had, my students, I had my students do that today. Goal setting. Yeah. And so, so we're reflecting on the year and I'm thinking about the cards I got. Yeah, they're definitely super cool. But one of the biggest factors of why we both enjoy it is the people we met. I mean, we would have never been having fun on this podcast like this and hopefully encouraging people in their own hobby journeys and relating to them in the same way if we didn't have cards. And uh, another thing that's interesting too is like the loyalty of friendships that you can get and the people looking out for you at the same time. Like this deal I just did, I traded away my Vince yeah, Carter about, sneaker spotlight. Pickups. Yeah, yeah. So I, so as we're uh, somewhat winding down here, we uh, started saving the pickups for later. Like and. That. One of my buddies on Facebook and on Instagram, Tommy Cassio, he now is doing uh, sports cards full time and he's oh. quite the poker player from what I understand, too. So uh, he's we, we've done several deals. Tom Brady auto. I moved to him um, and I've gotten several nice big cards from him. A Jokic flawless patch auto. I moved to him and now, you know, several, several deals later the sneaker spotlight Vince Carter that I moved to him. But throughout the midst of our connection for like a year, 
since he knows a lot of people in the hobby too, I've, I've vetted like some of the people who I'm about to do deals with through him. And he's helped me spot fake cards, a, a fake Luau Cinder rookie card, uh, Steph Curry auto of somebody on Facebook who was actually impersonating one of his friends. So I checked through him and he's called me on the phone and we've talked on the phone and he's, this is just going back to the personal connections made through the cards as the vehicle and the loyalty and the, you know, I'm looking out for you aspect of it. And he's told me, Hey man, I really don't think you should go through with that. It seems fishy. I know this guy, let me reach out to him and see if it's the real deal or if this guy's impersonating this guy. And, uh, turned out to be that it, I was close to doing a trade that was a few thousand dollars worth of cards with a fake guy. And he stopped me from doing it because of me knowing him and him looking out for me. And I mean, he was really concerned like on the phone and, and took time out of his day to message a guy on Facebook to double check and to post uh, in a different deal, the Luau Cinder rookie card that looked a little fishy because of the trade. And he posted it in a vintage card group for me, got other guys' opinions and came back and said, yeah, I mean, you could do whatever you want. You're your own man. But here's the opinion of this vintage card group that I'm a member of. So I'm like, wow, I don't even know this guy in person. But because of the deals we've done through cards online on Facebook, he's willing to take time out of his day to check on multiple occasions and not check as in the way that like, oh, this is a drag, like you're taking time up. He's like excited to, he's the one saying, let me check this out for you. Let me, you know, hit up my guy here. He, he knows these cards and see what he thinks. And I'm like, wow, this like loyalty looking out for somebody who I don't even know from past card deals and, and past like relationships that we've built up online. So that's another cool part of the personal connections. And I, and I traded my Vince Carter sneaker spotlight to put a bow on this story to Tommy, the same guy, uh, which I showed in a recent Crosstown Cardboard episode for these four cards. All Tommy, right, Craig, Tommy, got, Tommy got a whole four-minute spotlight here. Tommy, I, I went off on Tommy in a positive way because that's like, who's going to who's gonna defend somebody or look out for him like that? You know, and that's one of the things that strengthened our connection. And now, I mean, we, we know that we're not trying to get one over on each other. We're looking out for each other. And I would do the same for him. So let me let me ask you what you think of these four cards I got for the Vince Carter sneaker spotlight auto. You ready? Mm, ready. Dwayne Wade, select auto out of ninety nine. Clean on, on card. card. I, like, I like Dwayne Wade's signature too. And yeah. he will be elected into the Hall of Fame this year. He sure will. And uh, I think he's very undervalued for how good he was. His running mate on the Heat. LeBron James. No. Shaquille O'Neal. His other nice one. Card. Again, clean. That looks like National Treasures. Yes, it yep. is. Very Shaquille nice. Shaquille O'Neal. National Treasures on card auto. Lakers uniform. 2017-18 National Treasures. Treasures of the Hall. Numbered out of 35. Kareem. Treasures of the Hall. National Treasures. On card auto. Numbered out of 25. Doing his patented sky hook. The unstoppable move of all moves. On card autograph as well, correct? Yep, on card, and he's still the all-time leading point scorer in NBA history. LeBron close on his heels. 
And this one, I think you're really going to like. This is why I saved it for last. Jason Kidd. I did see that. That's from 2009, 2010 Exquisite. I know that all too well. Yep. And it has the E. It's the Exquisite Patches. So it's Jason Kidd, Exquisite, on-card auto on the side, horizontal card. That's an iconic look. So last year they made Exquisite, at least uh, with the NBA license the last year they made it. Oh, okay. So you definitely know better than me. And uh, three-color patch with the patch and the E on the Exquisite this year. Super cool. Awesome. And so that was the those were the four cards I got for the Vince Carter sneaker spotlight. Good trade. Really good so, trade. Straight up? Yeah. For one? I added $75. You did great. I have one pickup this week. Um, I got demolished in my fantasy football final. We don't need to talk about that. I got a small consolation prize, and I was messing around on PWCC, which I've only bought from once or twice. I got to say, it's a very fun platform to buy on. But I picked up my first Pele card because I said that was going to be part of my 2023 goals. And I don't really know much about it, but it was a sticker from 1970. It was a PSA 1 because there was something torn off on the back. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the pictures here. But it's... A beautiful-looking one. It is nicely centered. It's got amazing color. And it's just because of the back, it automatically knocks that down to a one. But it was like uh, $120 after fees and everything. And it just looks wow. amazing. Um, 19, it was a 1971 sticker. Brazil won the World Cup in 1970. Pele scored in the final. So it's got a it's pretty significant year. Again, I don't know much about the vintage soccer products. But it's a Pele. It's a really nicely centered and full-colored Pele. So it's my first of hopefully many more Pele cards or stickers to come. And it was kind of crazy that he just passed away right after we recorded our last episode. Was that wow. did, did that did that motivate you at all 100%. to pick up that card? 100% because, I mean, he's a legend as is, but when he played for the Cosmos in – um, the 70s, their stadium was on Randall's Island that was called Downey Stadium. They knocked that down and eventually built Icon Stadium where my dad played some high school football games right next to the field that I coach at um, nowadays. Wow. So when I'm coaching, I look to my right. That's where Pele used to play some games for the Cosmos. So little bit of personal significance there, I guess. And I hope to get more Pele cards in the future. Just got to learn the market. But it'll be a fun venture to get into both, some vintage uh, cards. Yep. Yeah, that's exciting. And we're both trying to get a little bit more into vintage, I feel like, too. Because right now, my only vintage card, which I would say is in my PC right now, is my Jack Nicholas Barrett & Co. 1971 true rookie, first card he was ever on in a PSA 8. And uh, just like around 250 in the pop and, and not very many higher. I think just a few dozen higher. But there's just something about those vintage cards, too, that I feel like as we slowly get deeper into adulthood, right around 30 years old, we're seeing that as a vintage vehicle for our personal connections. Like, how? I mean, you have that now to remember, not that you wouldn't otherwise, but you can look at that and remember the personal connection that you have to Pele through a, a, a decades of events, but then you're coaching right on that same area that he used to play. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. 
only only with cards. Now I look at that card and it gives me all the feels. All but, the feels. Uh, I will. The next time we record, we hope to have a guest next week. But yes, I'll be going to, I'll be going to show in a couple of weeks. Really excited to just like walk around, not be rushed, and go in with a new lens this year as to what I'm looking to buy. But um, yeah, um, we should probably like hor- horrible that happened yesterday in the football game. So we're uh, prayers up. But um, yeah, I guess. For sure. See you next time. Keep collecting. Keep making those deals, Carmine, like you do. I got a big one coming for our next episode. Love that. And uh, we'll talk about, we mentioned golf. It has a lot to do with golf. So hopefully it's here by the time we record our next episode with who we hope is a, another big time guest. But that's all the info we can give at this time. Our our hands are tied and our lips are sealed. I don't know why I made right, the sound. Later. <laughs> Peace.